This is the Only in Miami show, sponsored by Morningside Mortgage Corporation of Bay Harbor Islands. Tonight's show is hosted by Grant Stern. Find out more about our sponsor at www.morningsidemortgage.com. That's www.morningsidemortgage.com. This is the Only in Miami show, and I'm your host, Grant Stern. You can find me on Twitter at Grant Stern and everything about the show at www.onlyinmiamiradio.com. News, politics, culture, and more. Check it out at onlyinmiamiradio.com. Well, if you're in the car, stay tuned. I know the traffic is light, but you got to hear this show because this program is going to be all about Miami-Dade County's smart plan. And we have three very special guests live in studio for the entire hour. Right now, we have Palmetto Bay's Mayor Eugene Flynn. We also have Cutler Bay's Mayor Peggy Bell and former Pinecrest Mayor and former Florida House of Representatives member Cindy Lerner. All live on the program for the hour talking about the smart transit plan to try and alleviate Miami's traffic crunch. If you care about the traffic problems in this city, then you've got to stay tuned tonight. But this is the part of the program where I get a few minutes to speak directly with you, the listening audience, about issues of importance that impact us citywide and sometimes beyond. Tonight, we're going to be speaking about local issues a lot, and I wanted to speak about what is going on in the Trump-Russia probe and national politics today because something very significant happened this morning. ABC News' George Stephanopoulos released an interview with Donald Trump's former personal lawyer, Michael Cohen. Michael Cohen said to ABC News that he puts family and country first in a very obvious public plea to Donald Trump for either a pardon or material support in his flailing criminal defense. Meanwhile, they also reported that Michael Cohen has canceled his mutual defense agreement with Donald Trump, which is kind of a big deal. Just last month, Cohen hired a former Southern District of New York head of criminal prosecutions, somebody very senior at the federal prosecutor's office, which is investigating him. So Michael Cohen is going down a very similar road to the road that Rick Gates went down, where Gates fired his expensive legal team and hired somebody who would probably be very good at negotiating with the prosecutors. It only took three weeks from the time that Rick Gates, who was the top deputy to jailed former Trump campaign manager Paul Manafort, it only took Gates a few weeks until he flipped and a plea deal was entered publicly from the time he fired that high-priced legal team. So there's a few things that are going on right now in public with Michael Cohen. Number one, this is what you would call the prisoner's dilemma. This is a, a very well-known uh, game theory that the Rand Corporation came up with that described the way that 
people who have co uh, conspired in a crime will behave when separated from each other and all given the option to either uh, you know turn in their friends, uh, not turn in their friends, and see what happens. And oftentimes in the prisoner's dilemma, all of the accused rat out each other, and what actually results is that they all get a slightly lighter sentence. But the ones that don't rat out tend to get the worst sentences. So we're seeing this prisoner's dilemma playing out in public between the different co-conspirators as to which one has folded and begun to cooperate with prosecutors first. Very famously, General Michael Flynn, the disgraced and now convicted felon, former National Security Advisor, became the first major cooperator. There's, of course, the former Trump campaign foreign policy advisor, George Papadopoulos, who began cooperating last summer. And now we have the fixer, the person who is the keeper of secrets at the Trump family business, who is very publicly saying, help me now or it's over. But there's another option that's even more intriguing, which could be going on. And of course, there's nothing that we can see of this because none of us are going to be listening to the phone calls. But there have been reports that the president's lawyers have, quote, dangled pardons to some of the co-conspirators in the case. Now, the Constitution gives the president very broad powers to pardon someone, except in the case of an impeachable offense. But wouldn't it be interesting if Michael Cohen is doing this public plea in the search of getting a pardon offered to him? Perhaps as a means of showing that the president is intending to obstruct justice. Well, even if that's not the case and he really is just seeking a regular pardon, <clears throat> there's a couple of traps there too. First of all, a pardon is looked at as an admission of guilt. And there are state crimes which Michael Cohen could be charged with that a pardon could essentially establish the facts of those cases. Because a pardon is not an automatic absolving of the, the, the crime, but rather a get-out-of-jail-free card that must be presented in court. And lastly, and most importantly, the founders of this country talked about the pardon as not just a tool of grace, where a president may pardon a crime that perhaps was overzealously prosecuted by our system. But also, the pardon can be used to obtain confessions, because once somebody has been pardoned for a crime, they have no more Fifth Amendment right to refuse to testify for fear of self-incrimination. So if Donald Trump does pardon one of his co-conspirators, it could very well lead to the damning testimony that ends his presidency forever. Look at, for the next 60 days, look out, because there's a very strong chance we're going to see a hail of indictments from the special counsel's office before the midterm elections get too close. And also keep in mind that we have not one, not two, but three Trump trials coming up in the next several months, when Paul Manafort stands trial in a federal court in Virginia for mortgage fraud and tax crimes, he will stand trial in September 
in Washington, D.C., where uh, Konstantin Kalimnik, his co-conspirator, will also stand trial, perhaps, along with Rick Gates, his aforementioned deputy, cooperating with the feds in that trial. And then in October, the New York Attorney General will put the Trump family on trial for misusing the Trump Foundation, turning it into a political slush fund that delivered a $2.8 million illegal, unreported, in-kind campaign contribution. It's a lot to keep track of, but in the next four or five months, expect the activity level to pick up dramatically. Don't let the summer doldrums fool you. Things are about to get extra hot. And we'll be right back. This is the Only in Miami show. Miami show and I'm your host Grant Stern you can find me on Twitter at Grant Stern and everything about the show at www.onlymiamiradio.com news politics culture and more check it out at onlymiamiradio.com and we are back live with Cindy Lerner she was the, the mayor of Pinecrest as well as a former state representative Cindy thank you so much for joining us on the program tonight thanks for having us so let's set the table for tonight's discussion because we've got the three of you here and I want to give each of you a few minutes to chat with our audience and then we're going to kind of just go at it because there's a lot of different issues involving the SMART plan. So tell our audience a little bit about what to expect in the next couple of weeks locally because there are some important meetings and milestones coming up. Correct. Um, so the proposal by Miami-Dade County to um, study the six separate corridors that comprise a SMART plan has been funded um, partially by the county and partially by the state Department of Transportation and partially by the cities. Um, those studies were originally um, targeted to complete this year. However, a couple of months ago, the commission and the TPO were advised by county transportation that it would be 2019 or even as late as 2020 before the studies were done. Now, lo and behold, turns out that the county appears ready to move forward in a very hasty, expedited fashion um, with the um, TPO, formerly the, known the as the The Transportation Planning Organization, Correct. which is... Miami-Dade's federal funding body. It's the, the meta organization for all of our transportation uh, uh, groups. Right. 
So they, they meet on a regular basis. It's comprised mostly of the county commissioners, but also mayors of cities of 50,000 population or more are also part of it. Um, the July 19th Transportation Planning Organization meeting is evidently going to be a very important one because the county intends to move forward and ask for approval of a corridor of the South Dade corridor for um, bus rapid transit. Now they've been going around town marketing the fact that they intend to go forward with bus rap rapid transit as the preferred uh, corridor mode, notwithstanding the fact that none of the studies have come back. So we're very concerned about um, whether this was a foregone conclusion before the studies were even done, right, whether that the sounds studies a little bit odd. have so, been corrupted. So, so in other words, like, the, the studies that, that are going to determine the course of public transit for 2.6 million people in Miami-Dade County, they're late, but the county is ready to act before they arrive anyway. Right. That's, that's fairly problematic. Oh, it's hugely problematic. Um, we are very concerned that the entire uh, system of um, analysis has been undermined um, and, as I said, corrupted. Um, the county has always said, you're going to get bus rapid transit and nothing more on the South Corridor, although ridership projections and growth projections and understanding what we need has always been for expecting that there would be a good faith, fair, data-driven analysis. And that doesn't appear to be what the county has in mind. Well, well, not just that, but you don't need to be a statistician to look at the photos that come off of the Miami Metro Rail, for example, or in buses. They're all full. I mean, almost right. all of them are full, especially the trains. I mean, there is standing room only in those trains and sometimes barely even that. And all of a sudden they're trying to kind of bait and switch because, you know, the smart plan isn't just something that fell out of the sky. This is a more than a decade old plan that Miami's new mayor dusted off the scrap heap and got re-implemented because that's what people in Miami want. I mean, that's what people in Miami-Dade County want. Right. So, so it was actually um, right around the time he was running for re-election last time. That mayor he Jimenez, right. Yes, that, well, that the I mean, mayor was right. championing this as his vision for the county going forward and that there was plenty of money. He took a large delegation out to Denver. He came back from Denver and he said, lo and behold, we have found a billion two in money we can devote toward this transit plan. And, and be specific, because there are two mayors. There's Mayor Suarez of the city of Miami. You're talking about Mayor Jimenez, Mayor Jimenez. of the county. Correct. So Mayor Jimenez went out to, to Colorado yes. and said, oh, we've we've been inspired. But what's going to happen to that one point two billion dollars that he found? It's been um, co-opted for operation and maintenance of the transportation system, not not at all geared toward uh, expanding transit, as was promised. 
So let's let's bring on Mayor Eugene Flynn. You're the mayor of Palmetto Bay, which is alongside US-1. For those of our listeners who are not certain, Palmetto Bay, it, it starts on Southwest 136th Street, and it goes all the way south to 184th, right? Yes, 184. Yes. yes. So, Mayor Flynn, tell me a little bit about why you're getting involved in the SMART plan and why you're upset with what the county is proposing. I'm a believer in transit. I'm an attorney when I'm not doing the mayor thing. Uh, I uh, will ride the bus lanes. I ride the metro rail. Uh, I see it as our future. As I said, uh, it's not a choice anymore of whether you're going to get on the transit. If you want to avoid the congestion, all you need to do is go in and look at the local surface roads. They are no longer neighborhood roads. They are uh, relievers. These capillaries have just been blown wide open to relieve traffic off the what that the, the world's greatest parking lot we ever built, useless <laughs> one. Useless uh, that's a well-earned name, and that really is it. Um, well, you know, it, every time I go down there now, and, and I grew up on the south side of the city, um, every time I go down, no matter what the time of day is, it seems like you're bumper to bumper on every single light. The light opens, and then you get from one end of the light to the next end, and you wait again. Well, the light goes green. Right. Somebody immediately blows their horn. <laughs> then you move forward. And I say that because, you know, nowadays people don't even drive looking out their windshield. They're driving watching their Waze app or whatever they're using for traffic. Uh, gaps develop. Uh, that's how I understand the autonomous vehicles would save some time on that. But signalization still a problem, even with the adaptive lights. Uh, you've got some serious choke points along US-1. And transit, I understand, this is an argument I'm having within my city, surrounding communities. I realize transit has its limitations. Uh, I, I do take issue when people say you're not gonna take your children to school on transit because my niece, uh, my brother, sister-in-law and niece would walk to the 120 station, get on to the bus lanes, They'd transfer at Metrorail. She'd get off at Vizcaya to take the shuttle over to Mast. He'd get off at his stop to work downtown uh, when he wasn't deployed and working as an attorney with the state. And she uh, would head on to the uh, Civic Center, the hospitals over there where she worked with the state attorney's office. They figured they saved a half hour each way. Easily. Each one. That's sure. three hours of family time they get. That. It, it, it is a stupendous amount of times to, to sit in traffic just to get a few miles. And, and at this point, it's gotten worse and worse and worse. Um, but the county seems to only have one plan for that, which is more roads. Band-Aids, surface roads. Uh, and, and we've got to do something because as this right-of-way disappears, and we are very fortunate down in South Dade because we have the right-of-way there. I happen to be old enough to remember when you had the railroad going down there. Sure. I still can recognize buildings when you get down in the Naranja and Ghouls area that were an integral part of the produce that would be taken out on the train there. Oh, sure. Uh, Long-time trains. Hey, trains are not obsolete technology. They've been updated. Uh, but... And again, I understand the limitations. You're not going to tow your boat on a, on, a, on the metro rail. You're not going to take your yard clippings to the uh, neighborhood trash station on that. But what you will get is as people get onto the metro rail, it will make it easier for those people that have to use their car. So it's a win-win. Well, uh, Cindy and, and Mayor Flynn, we're going to take a very short break. And we'll be right back. 
This is the Only in Miami show. Welcome back. This is the Only in Miami show, and I'm your host, Grant Stern. You can find me on Twitter at Grant Stern and everything about the show at www.onlyinmiamiradio.com. News, politics, culture, and more. Check it out at onlyinmiamiradio.com. And we are back live with the two mayors and former mayor. Uh, so I'd like to introduce everybody for this segment, and we're going to talk with Peggy Bell, who has been patiently waiting to come onto the air. So we've got mayor, uh, former mayor Cindy Lerner. Uh, Cindy was the mayor of Pinecrest and a state representative in Florida State House. We also have Eugene Flynn, who is the current mayor of, of Palmetto Bay. And Peggy Bell is the current mayor of Cutler Bay. Peggy, thank you so much for joining me on the program tonight. Thank you, Grant. It's really great to be here. So, uh, Peggy, tell our audience a little bit about uh, Cutler Bay and why you're here tonight to discuss Miami's uh, big problem with transit. Well, um, as mayor of a, a city, a town of 45,000 plus residents, um, I feel that uh, we have worked on this for well over 10 years. Uh, clearly, we've worked on it in, in other ways since 2002, um, but we've actually been working on this the entire time. I've been a council member for 12 years and um, the last four years as mayor, and it seems to me the county keeps kicking the can down the road and doesn't do what was promised to the residents in 2002 and which our residents continue to pay for with a half-penny sales tax, which I think we're up to $2 billion now at this point. And we haven't had rail car number one, yet they're replacing the old rail cars for areas and the more affluent areas that have already had rail uh, on met, as we know as Metro Rail in, in all these years. So it's very important that we look at what this is going to be. As Mayor Lerner said, this study is coming out on the 19th. We keep waiting for it. They kept saying it was going to be last year or the year before. Then it's going to be this fall. And now it's going to be all of a sudden, surprise, it's soon. Yes. It, it, so 
I mean, tell our audience a little bit about the boundaries of Cutler Bay. It goes from sure. 184th. 184th. We're just on the middle of the road, uh, you know, from Palmetto Bay. That's our northern border. The east border would be the Biscayne Bay. The uh, uh, west border is the bus lane, or now it's called the transitway. And the south border is a little bit gerrymandered, but it's basically 232nd Street and um, on, on the south. So, I mean, I, I had an employee who, who was commuting from that area, and he said it took about two hours for him to get it from does. there to downtown on the bus lane. Now, the segment from the Metro Rail only takes 18 to 20 minutes. Right. I mean, it just doesn't seem reasonable for us to even try to get to Metro Rail. And then if you get there, sometimes their parking rides are full. I know I've had to, if you don't go at a particular hour, you're going to have to go through the first two park and rides and not find a place to park your car, which is something that we, you know, I think all of the cities would like to help out and try to maybe put some of our CT, CITT money into building. However, um, Oh, you said the, the four letter word. Yeah, I know. The, there, I mean, just for our listeners uh, who are not aware of this, there's this thing called the Citizens Independent Transportation Trust, which I like to say is uh, three lies in, in one four-letter word. Yeah, they're who took our half-penny sales tax in the first place and promised that we would have this. And uh, only the only thing that's been built, as you know, Grant, very well, and the rest of us know, the only thing that has been built was the one lane to the airport. And for us, even in South Dade, to get to the airport, we have to actually go down to, uh, we have to go up to North Miami and then through downtown. And, you know, it's it still makes it difficult. But the point is, for my residents and Palmetto Bay, and, and certainly for Homestead, Florida City, for them to drive to Metro Rail, and you kind of say, well, six of one, half a dozen of the other. Why should I bother doing that? I might as well just drive all the way downtown. And so if we really want to get people out of cars, it's ridiculous to say we should put them in an autonomous car. Put somebody in an autonomous car, you're not taking any cars off the road. 836, right. extending the 836 is ridiculous because any traffic calming person, consultant would tell you that you're just, you're, you can't build yourself more car lanes out of this problem. Okay, now you you said the the three uh, the other digit. word <laughs> yes <laughs> the other bad word <laughs> well you know it MDX. makes me th- yes uh, MDX but also you know uh, when I think of the eight thirty six I think of a- ACDC you know <laughs> yeah the the highway to hell yeah that yeah. I mean you know we're right off the eight thirty six I can't drive fifty five no, you can see not. it over my shoulder in the studio <laughs> here. Yes. And uh, it's, and it's bumper to bumper. It, it is bumper to bumper. Oh, no, Miami, not quite. Only in Miami, I can't drive. Fifty-five means you can't get that fast. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. So I mean, I want to go from from Peggy uh, across the the panel here, and uh, I mean, I want to get your your opinion. Well, okay, let's say Peggy. I think you've told us your opinion on the Kendall uh, Expressway, but uh, Mayor Flynn. Are you in favor of the Kendall Expressway or opposed to it, which would be the extension of the 836 through some of the most sensitive environmental areas on the west side of Miami-Dade County and extending it all the way out west to Chrome Avenue and south would be uh, add about 60,000 cars per day to the streets in Miami-Dade? I I can't support it. I, I just can't. I look at it. It goes far out beyond the UDB. Uh, when you look out, we all... Can, can any of us remember when this road out here hasn't been under construction? Um, the, I, I don't have confidence it'll be done. I don't have confidence that it will, they'll get the land that they need. 
and they continue to ignore a crisis when we've all worked hard with the hold the line efforts back in 2005, 2006. You're talking about the urban development boundary, the that UDB. Is correct. And I was there and I was one of the sponsors along with Miami Lakes and other cities that moved through and said, hey, we want to preserve our water. We don't want to be out in the Everglades. Let the alligators have their places to live. Um, but we're not following through on the infrastructure. If you really want to have an eastward health, if you're really serious about about transit-oriented development, show it through investment. This is all about investment, and, and putting that out in the Everglades is, is you're chasing your tail out there, or the alligator's tail, whichever the case may be. But we've really got to get uh, focused on where we've got all the land, where you know the right-of-way is there, the money's there, the critical need is there, and it's like we're continuing to just get distracted with all other areas. When we know it's this north-south corridor, whether it's up north, North Dade coming to downtown, or it's going along the south and finishing the prompts. Can we finish some of the promises that were committed before we start distracting ourselves with other projects? That That is a fantastic question. W what is your opinion, uh, former Mayor You Lerner? know, frankly, I was uh, shocked that the county commission voted to approve it. There were only two no votes, uh, Daniela Levine-Cava and Commissioner Suarez, voted no. The rest of the commission voted in favor of investing hundreds of millions of dollars in more roads when they had all agreed two years ago that they were committed to the SMART plan. Well, I mean, isn't it a little bit more shocking that there was a nine to two vote uh, right after a major election in the heart of downtown Miami and Miami Beach and Little Havana, probably the most diverse electorate that you will see in a single district. Right. And that electorate chose a candidate who is strongly opposed to the Kendall uh, Expressway. So it, doesn't that make it even more surprising? Is there something else that we're missing here? Why did nine county commissioners ignore the results of a very highly publicized, extremely well-attended special election? I have never seen a special election that has more votes in a runoff than in the general election either. And th that happened in this election too. Cindy? Well, they, they completely ignored what the people of inner city Miami-Dade County were saying. Um, and those of us outside, there was a lot of input from throughout the community asking for a no vote or to delay it and give the new um, Commissioner Higgins an opportunity to vote and speak for her constituents and they ignored it all. So why did they choose to do that is a total mystery, but they have um, defied logic and um, their commitments. And that's the most disappointing thing. They made commitments to invest in transit, and instead now they're, they're um, weakening their bonding power for going forward with additional transit routes in the future, and um, just looking to build more roads. And the studies have come back time and again and said that building more, mo more roads is not going to improve people's uh, traffic, tra uh, tr getting out of um, traffic gridlock, it's just going to fill up more roads with gridlock. Right. Mayor Flynn, I mean, why do you think the county commission so studiously ignored 
a very high profile recent vote. I think that uh, there's a lot of people here that do think cars are king, and to a large extent they are. And I say let's help the king out by taking some congestion off the road through transit. I don't find it inconsistent at all. Um, if you want to sit in traffic, look, my personal mantra is I'd rather sit in a hot, cramped Metrorail car that's moving me to my ultimate destination that sit in a nice, comfortable car waiting for the next light to open up and allow me to crawl 12 feet. Um, we are, this is a dare to be great moment, and I'm worried for my children. I'm worried for grandchildren. I'm worried for the livability of this area. I'm committed to transit. I'm committed to this area. This is investment in infrastructure. And uh, I, I just want to add, Palmetto Bay is not just passively sitting back saying, we want it down here. We have offered up significant money. We have offered up money to bond. We have offered up money to build a station. We have uh, worked with them as far as transit-oriented development. We're not sitting back just saying, gimme, gimme, gimme. We're offering partnerships here. And that's what's very discouraging. Wow. Uh, Mayor Bell, <clears throat> uh, it, the same question to you. Well, I, you know, what I would like to go back to is the $630 million that they're, they're going to use supposedly for this MDX uh, expansion on, for cars. Um, that actually, it, it really, I think that the residents in West Kendall are getting really hoodwinked because I'm sure they don't realize that this is not money that anyone has to give them now to build this. This is money that they're anticipating to pull out of their pockets through more tolls. So I, you know, I would say that if we're going to do a, a $600 million project for their area, and I don't mean to speak for their area any more than I prefer people from the more affluent areas north of us speaking for us, um, I do think that, <coughs> though, oh, I'm sorry, we, yeah. No problem. <laughs> another, another mayor would add in on that one. Um, but I do think that, if, you know, if anyone asks me, I would say they would certainly have done better if they had built something like what they're trying to shove down our throats that doesn't fit on our route. But, they, but for them, because they don't have a uh, designated uh, right-of-way, would, would be something like the BRT. So they could have done that and then gotten all the people that don't want to drive off, and they could easily get them to, to Metro Rail on that kind of transportation, and they wouldn't have to be paying all of these tolls and sitting in traffic, which they're going to do anyway in the future. Well, you, you just said another four-letter word. Sorry. We allow these on I, the radio, I like though. to say four-letter words, Grant. Yeah, well, <laughs> I've heard it, her. I can verify that. <laughs> when, it, when it comes to driving in Miami, four-letter words are the norm. So that's what, you know, a lot of our listeners are in their cars right now. And I'm sure that there's a few choice ones at the top of their mind when they hear sure. this. But uh, tolls, okay, toll is the four-letter word. But um, So you're saying that Tollmageddon, the <laughs> sharp <laughs> increase in tolls all over the, the county-controlled roads by MDX, that Tollmageddon is actually directly related to this plan to put more cars on the road yeah. instead of more trains, which, you know, every voted for exactly exactly and and going back to the trains that we voted for um, now they're really making this decision before the as, as mayor Lerner alluded to earlier they're making the decision we believe before the studies have come out which is not the right way to do it each municipality paid about fifty thousand dollars to fund these studies and yet I've been told by the county mayor that we will never get rail no matter what the studies say 
Um, that was several months ago. Um, we are... Now, wait a second. Repeat that for the audience. Mayor Jimenez, the mayor of Miami-Dade County, who ran on a platform of bringing the trains that Miami-Dade County residents want uh, just a year and a half ago, told you... Uh, probably, I don't know, maybe six months to a year ago. He said that um, you're not going to get rail in South Dade, no matter what the studies show. And he said, because I know things that you don't know and never will. Really? Yes. And and it worries me because I'm a, we're very transparent in Cutler Bay. I've been on the council. I was the first elected official in 06, and I worked for incorporation, and that's my motivation is to do what's best for the community and the surrounding areas and, and our sister communities. And I don't understand why we would fund a study uh, if, if it's already a foregone conclusion. So right now, I don't know if you're aware, I'm sure you're aware of this, they have the consultants, which are, what is it called again, ACOM, ACOM, going around, and they come to our council meetings, and they present how they think BRT is what we should have before the studies have come out. And we say, thank you, we have two resolutions. We always, you know, that's, we're not going to do that. So then they start calling our council members and trying to pick them off one by one and trying to, to convince them that they need to change so that they can then say that South Dade really wants BRT, bus for, for those at home and, and in their cars, bus rapid transit, and that they don't really want the train. But that's, we're not going to do that. We aren't going to give in no matter what. And we are going to, you know, do everything we can to make sure that our residents get what they've been paying for since 2002 in the half-penny sales tax, which is rail. Well, you know what? We're going to pick this up after the break, but I'm going to give out the call-in number if there's anybody out there listening who'd like to ask a question or join the conversation. It's 305-541-2350. That's 305-541-2350. If you're watching on Facebook, we're streaming it live on Facebook tonight. So you can call in at 305-541-2350, or if you're on the stream and you're watching, just pitch your questions in there and we'll try to fit them in. And we'll be right back. This is the Only in Miami show.
Welcome back. This is the Only in Miami show, and I'm your host, Grant Stern. You can find me on Twitter at Grant Stern and everything about the show at www.onlymiamiradio.com. News, politics, culture, and more. Check it out at onlymiamiradio.com. And we are back live with Eugene Flynn. He's the mayor of Palmetto Bay. Peggy Bell, she's the mayor of Cutler Bay. And former mayor of Pinecrest and former state house legislator, Cindy Lerner. Guys, thank you so much for joining me on the program tonight to discuss transit. Thank you for having us here, Grant. So we've actually got a caller on line one. We're going to take this call because we really want to bring some folks into the conversation. If you have a question, a comment, if you want to join the conversation, give us a call, 305-541-2350. Caller, you're on the air, name and city. Uh, Yes, hi. Um, My name is Roger. I am in unincorporated day, the north end of the county, but I'm very close to Miami Gardens. And um, my comment is just one of the things that, you know, as someone who uses transit very frequently, almost, I do own a car, but I I choose to use transit a few times a week to get to work and even to run errands on weekends and so on. One of the things that frustrates me about transit right now, even outside of the smart plan, which um, that has, you know, as you were just discussing before, we went on a break that has its own issues. It's just the lack of responsiveness of MDT. Um, I understand that social media can be a little bit informal, but people have been complaining on social media, tweeting. Uh, I know that people have made formal complaints, but the whole Bravo administration, um, Alice Bravo and MDT, there is no outreach. There is no voice coming from MDT to the community saying, we're working for you. We're trying our best. Let's have a meeting. Let's talk to the public about what's going on. We just don't hear anything. It's just, just, just silence. And I just That's don't a great understand. Comment. You know, I just don't understand it. I, I just want to know what your panel thought about that. There is just no outreach to the community about what's going on in transit right now. And I find that to be very interesting. Well, uh, you know, thank you for your comment. And I'm going to answer your question. You can hang on the line and listen if you want. Uh, so, I mean, my answer is that the politicians are not interested in hearing this stuff from residents. They're not. Because... Uh, a train to most of these folks seems like something that they need to dangle out there to get a vote. But when push comes to shove, they're not getting lobbied by the train companies. They're getting lobbied by the construction companies. And the construction companies, if you live in, in South Florida, then you know road construction is not something that happens. It is something that is always happening. And that seems to be driving the bus literally here um, because, you know, again, Building a train or a trainway, it's a highly technical exercise. Not every contractor can do it. But there's a lot of road contractors. They've been doing it for years. And they basically see this county's business as as their, I guess, uh, some sort of birthright or something or an entitlement. Um, and then a lot of commissioners are taking their money and you see the results. So, I mean, w- which way do we want to start on the panel with answering that question? I, I, just, I just want to agree because, you know, um, having worked for Eastern Airlines Pan Am, you know, and traveled all over, um, which many people travel even more now than I did for a living, um, I, you know, have seen so many cities and coming from California originally where we did have the best highways in the world many years ago, um, I, I'd come back here and think, oh my gosh, you know, it, it's this construction is still going on. And we had some of the worst signage. Um, it was so bad that when I picked up my son from the airport, I couldn't find, you know, how to get to the airport, a place I'd worked at for about 20 years. Because <laughs> not that I'm stupid, I am blonde, but I, I really could not find it because the because the signage was so poor and the and the 
and the different construction that seems to be never ending. My husband has said, I think it's some kind of Miami welfare, you know, to just keep people, you know, it's the only way to keep people working. It's just this constant construction that everyone complains about. Well, I, I can tell you personally, I agree. I mean, every time I go to uh, Doral now from the 836, I always face that choice of which exit way to take. Mm. And the signs are a little bit confusing. And about a third of the time, I wind up having to do the turnaround and then turning around again. And, you know, if you're not paying very close attention, after all this wonderful construction, you can wind up driving in circles. Right. Uh, so um, I would say, in addition, the, um, the county transit and transportation services are not at all service oriented. You read on Twitter every day, throughout the day, people complaining about uh, metro rail buses that are delayed or um, filthy or doors aren't opening or it's raining inside. There's never any response from the county. There's never any problem solving going on. And in fact, I would say at this point in time, because Mayor Jimenez has clearly shown his preference for undermining the transit future of Miami-Dade County, that he is um, decimating, <laughs> the uh, undermining the ridership by making it unpleasant for people to ride. Uh, the promises of getting all new trains have not been explained. Why aren't they there? We were supposed to have more new Metro Rail trains by now, and they are not uh, being open and honest to the ridership because that's not their intent. Their intent is not to make the system better. The, the intent is to reduce ridership so that they can justify their unwillingness to go forward with the transit that we were promised and that we desperately, desperately need. And to the caller from North Miami, I would just say that both South Dade and North Dade are being treated as the stepchildren in this county. And both of our corridors are basically being told, you, you will either take what you get or you get nothing. That's right. Well, and we're just not a corridor for the north and south. A lot of people come from the west to travel east and then come up north or northeast through our corridor. So we are a, a collection point down south for people moving from south west dade to get to northeast and, and let me bring up a comment that one of our live stream listeners uh, left his name is rick morgan and he wrote that the Sunrail in orlando only transports 3500 commuters per day and it was funded miami dade's uh trains trans uh, have seventy-five thousand riders per day so he asked why is orlando able to accomplish funding and building while miami lags behind i think we've been discussing that but uh, something else I'd like to mention when we talk about the North Corridor, because we've been talking a lot about the South Corridor, about the Kendall Expressway. Um, you know, something that's been left out is that Miami-Dade County's commission just approved the American Dream Mall, but they didn't approve any transit plan to move people to or from there. And it, it's pretty much a, a traffic catastrophe waiting to happen unless something happens and we get a transit plan again. Uh, any thoughts on that, guys? I think we got to come to the point to where you've got to recognize 
If you don't put the traffic infrastructure in there, it's time for a moratorium. I hate to talk that way, but when people invest, they figure that the transportation is going to follow. It hasn't. And again, I wonder what the actual ridership would be if it wasn't suppressed. I've gotten on the bus lanes as late as 9.45 in the morning, which is far after rush hour. You know, you're talking about 1.52 and, and US 1. You're, most people are supposed to be in the office by 9. This was 9.45 to get to a traffic summit. I was number seven person standing up in an 80-person bus. So that's 87 people. Do the math. Uh, it's there. People want to ride it. Maybe it's because they have no other choice, but transit is there. You've got to provide transit. Well, like you said, I mean, it's stuffed. It's not like it's something that's being underutilized now and people are saying, let's get more. You know, I mean, that that is the issue. I almost wonder if there's a fear there that if they ran the Metrorail down to Florida City, that the entire system would become overwhelmed with riders. Because let's face it, by the time you come from Florida City, People don't really want to get north. They want to get northeast. They're on Old Cutler Road to get around the bay, to get up through the Grove and all sure. those points. And for those people in the Grove that think, why should I invest in this? Isn't it worth getting a few cars? And by a few, I mean a, a four, five, ten percent of the cars off the road, one out of five off the road uh, to, to get through. Um, we need to do this. And it's almost like I said, by the time you come up from Florida City and you get to Dayland South, you're almost there when you look at percentage. The metro rail six miles, six seven miles from the urban core downtown Miami. That that's a park and ride valet service, not a true transit system. Right. I mean, that's the thing. All of the growth in Miami Dade's transit has actually come from the circulator routes, which are also funded by the half cent sales tax, but not controlled by MDT. So, uh, do either of your cities have the the trolleys right now? Ours is really very uh, yeah, fine bank grant. Ours sure. is very well used. Um, we have several senior homes within Cutler Bay, and we have a lot of them uh, that are run by HUD and subsidized. And these people do not have cars, and they really rely on uh, mass, you know, county transportation. So. Several years ago, we started a circulator, and our circulator is a county-sized bus, and we transport 5,000 people a month on our circulator just to get them out throughout the town so they can go to the stores, they can see their doctors, they can do those things. It's very, very popular, very well used. Sure, and the Miami trolley is extremely popular as well. Uh, that's another free trolley. Is is the Cutler Bay trolley free? Pretty much. I mean, we even take uh, our students. Our students can go to the pool. They can go to, uh, we have interns at our town hall that we bring in from the high school during the day. And I think it's 10 cents for them. Uh, I think the most it, it could be is a quarter, you know, so it's it's negligible. Um, and of course, seniors can get this, you know, the Sun Pass, which they can use, you know, for that as well. I mean, not the Sun Pass, what is it called? The Golden the golden, golden passport. passport. I want everyone to know I'm not old enough for that yet. <laughs> Just <laughs> kidding. Um, but yes, uh, that passport. So, you know, it, it in essence really is uh, is free. But when we were out in Los Angeles, we did it. We looked at their transportation. Mayor Flynn and I were out there with our managers and, and other staff members. And we were really amazed at how wonderful their transportation system is. They really knew they had to do something serious. They were like the poster child for gridlock. And um, not that it solved all of their problems, but it's amazing how it is solved. They, they've just done it. They've done it smart, like the smart plan is supposed to do. I want to. Sure. I want to just add here that um, part of the rationale that Mayor Jimenez has been using 
for um, denying the opportunity for future transit that we already know we have the projected ridership for is the claim that there are no federal funds. However, then you hear somebody like um, uh, Representative Diaz-Balart who has the ability to uh, allocate transportation dollars and for years now has been asking Miami-Dade County to bring proposals for transit that there are dollars available. Dollars are still going to plenty of other cities for rail and yet we're being told a story Even though we line. have a rich funding source, a dedicated right. sales tax based funding source that will never go away probably. And we're still not getting our local politicians to even submit. The other thing that they're refusing to look at, which is a strong option, is for public-private partnership. That was on the table several years ago. There are international companies that have come forward and said, we'd love to build transit and be partners. And the county is looking the other way. So, Mayor Lerner, what's the next step? What's the next milestone that residents need to keep their eyes open, to get involved, and to inform their commissioners and inform their elected officials how to handle transit properly and how to properly implement the SMART plan? Well, I'd say the first thing is to contact every county commissioner and every mayor who sits on the transportation planning organization, which are the larger cities, and let them know that we demand rail. We demand the 21st century transit that uh, we require and we will accept nothing less and they can't, they have to wait for the, the studies to be finalized and, and, and look at the data. There's a public meeting coming up too, right? July 19th. July 19th. Right. Okay. It's Just, crucial. Yeah, we got one minute left. Uh, give me give out the, uh, the, the information on this public meeting. I'm not it's sure July 19th at County Hall? County yeah. Hall. Yeah. yeah. 9 a.m.? I mean, usually they start at 9 a.m. That's, a, hard that's to say. a little more flexible. We will put time, this but. onto the live stream. We'll let everybody who's watching know. But it's July 19th. There's a major meeting coming. And, and guys, mayors, uh, please give out, out your contact information, your Twitter account, or the best way for people to reach out and continue this conversation on the Internet after the program. I will be glad to do that. But again, my biggest fear, I just want to throw this in. This is it for us. This is the yeah. deadline. This we, is it. But where, where can they reach out, Mayor Flynn? Oh, uh, at eflynn at palmettobay-fl.gov or my cell phone, 305-302-3713. And Mayor Bell. pbell at cutlerbay-fl.gov. And my personal number, I'll get some good calls, 305-322-5305. We want everyone to have the rallying call Give us the rail and hashtag no, no damn, damn buses. Bus. <laughs> hashtag no, no damn, damn buses. buses. Well, that's all the time we have for tonight's Only in Miami show. I'd love to thank our panel for showing up, for making a great program, and for telling everybody to get involved. There's a major meeting coming up on July 19th. Keep your eyes open, and we'll be back next Monday night. This is the Only in Miami show.